Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, we've reached the end. We've finished the list. All six pillars, as of today, will have been covered. We began with building trust and legitimacy. Policy and oversight was number two. In week three, we talked about technology and social media. Community policing and crime reduction was week four. Last week, we finally got to training and education. And today, we cover probably the most important pillar of all, Officer wellness and safety. Um, I'm a little disappointed that this is the final on the list. It should have been number one um, from the very beginning. Officer wellness and safety is a huge topic, but you know, in the in the kind of in the implementation guides and all of some of the other supporting um, literature, they get kind of specific on um, first, for example, in first starters, um, requiring officers to wear uh, their seatbelts um, seems a pretty good one, and uh, what they call quote finger quotes here in the air, bulletproof vests, which don't exist, um, body armor, wear their body armor. Those are two of the tenets of the Below 100 program, and I'm a full supporter of the Below 100 program. Um, I encourage you to, uh, to take a peek at some of the articles we've written on Police One about Below 100 and how it is achievable. If you do things like, um, you know, wear your ballistic vests, wear your your um, your reflective vests when you're working a, a traffic collision in, on the freeway, um, wearing your seatbelt, um, you know, remembering what's important now um, and knowing that uh, that uh, complacency kills. Those are among the other pillars, you know, but officer wellness also encompasses a lot of other things. Um, psychological help, um, peer support when you're, you know, you've when you've encountered a critical incident or you've gone through and seen some horrific scene, you know, being having the ability and the opportunity to um, without stigma. Um, you know, seek some sort of mental uh, health counseling or, or peer support counseling in order to make sure that you're you're okay at the end of the day. So there's it's a huge topic, and and I'm, I'm sure you know we're probably going to go over our, our aimed at 15 minute limit here. But you know, what are some of your thoughts on this final and most important pillar? Well, I agree with you. the The officer wellness and safety. The fact that it's pillar six, I think there's a a subliminal message here, whether it's intended or not, that it's it's the least important. When um, I think we're at a, we're at a crossroads, as as the report says, in um, where we're at in policing, and I think sometimes it feels as if the the agency's uh, personnel are are being valued at less than. Uh, the suspects or the offenders that we're dealing with. So I think we've, we've got to take a mindset that says that officer wellness and safety is valued. And we're sending people out on the street armed, trained, given guns, given powers of arrest, uh, given the authority to use force. And then uh, we criticize them when they may even be com- com- complying with the 
the rules and guidelines that we give them, and then we're asking them to do something that's um, unattainable. Yeah. Um, I've always argued that you should never aim for perfection because perfection is impossible. Aim for excellent, and you'll get really close to perfect. And um, when, when we look at things like trying to um, get our officers into better health and wellness, um, one of the things that gets us close to perfect is having the um, you know having the ability to have stigma-free support for when you've when you've encountered something that's you know traumatic. Um, another one that we 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 really kind of gloss over altogether too often is you know simple things like eating habits and simple things like you know consuming stuff that's going to lead you to be become obese, which puts you in peril uh, of, of a variety of things, not the least of which is heart attack, which is one of the, the major killers of law enforcement officers. It's, you know, vehicles, firearms, and heart attacks. That's pretty much the top three. And, um, you know, we really need to have a better understanding of what leads to the type of uh, heart disease problems that officers sometimes get into um, and address them and do it in an in a open and, you know, honest way, you know. Right. No, I mean, if you go to other um, if you go to other professions, um, we we tend to take um, new and developing technology in um, uh, ergonomics. We fix chairs, we fix desks, we eliminate uh, repetitive movements and carpal tunnel and things like that. we haven't changed much in policing. Get in that radio car, drive around for eight to 10 hours, report off at the end of duty, somehow in the middle between going from call to call to call, uh, take a lunch break or get something to eat, maybe eat it while you're in the radio car, Uh, drink a lot of coffee to stimulate yourself, and then be really nice and calm when dealing with people. So, you know, it's this mixed message that, that we send officers out into the field with every day. And we really haven't done much as far as is changing the environment that we put cops into. Sure, we, we have made some major steps in, in peer support groups, in mental health awareness, uh, behavioral health uh, support, employee assistance, uh, and, and things like that. But as far as uh, looking at the knowledge, skills, and abilities needed to do good policing, we should be diff- doing something different than uh, reading a lineup, sending guys out to a radio car and saying, come back at the end of the shift and we'll report you off. Yeah. You know, it, it, and I'm also, I think of things like, um, well, not just the, 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 the uh, health, you know, physical and mental health, but also of just the environment itself, which can at times be toxic. You know, sure. we have to have healthy work environments, mm-hmm. you know, where there are times, and I've heard from officers uh, multiple times, many too many times, you know, their work environment's just toxic and it's causing them, um, you know, anxiety and, and depression. And, you know, these things can lead to another major killer of law enforcement officers is suicide. Um, you know, feelings of, you know, this will never change. Everything's hopeless. This, everything sucks. You know, where, you know, we need to figure out ways to manage and lead our, our officers so that they, they, they fully understand and recognize that they're, they're valued and that they are held in high esteem um, by the vast, the overwhelming majority of the public. And it's not the tiny fraction of the public that's screaming, you know, uh, about how awful law enforcement is, because that becomes a truly, um, it, it becomes 
like you just don't want to go to work. You know, you've chosen a profession and now you regret your profession of choice. And that's, we got to end that. That's, that's, a, that's a health and welfare issue as well. Yeah, that's a real shame. I love the feedback that we get on the webpage. Um, but it, it's really disheartening me to me sometimes when I see um, sworn officers saying, uh, we asked a question about your advice to uh, somebody new entering the profession. And so many of them said, don't, mm -hmm. don't get into it. Uh, be a doctor, be something else. And it, it, to me, it was disheartening in, in that I had so much uh, joy and positive energy in doing the job. Best job I ever had, getting in a radio car and helping people every day. And I, I think officers sometimes lose sight of that, that if they pull somebody over because they're driving without a seatbelt or talking on their phone or their kids are jumping around in the back seat untethered, they're probably saving a life. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things. When you take a, a violent uh, offender off the street, you don't know the good that you're doing by taking them out of the the arena and putting them behind bars. But you know, it's hard to measure when you when you do things like that. So I think a lot of times um, law enforcement officers sell themselves short that it's a thankless job. I think so many people really appreciate what they do. I wish that there was more that we could do to to give them the positive strokes to reinforce that they are doing a really important job that matters a lot and uh, encourage them. I think I think one of the options as far as overall wellness would be a mandatory job rotation. I could hear <laughs> the radios hitting the wall right now, people picking them up and throwing them. But I, I never, um, I mean, thinking back over my career, I can't ever say, a time that I that I uh, felt awful about being transferred to somewhere I didn't ask to go to, mm -hmm. and it's like getting a fresh start. It's like resetting your clock. And there have been studies that said that say that uh, if you move uh, out of ruts, that it, it invigorates you, it renews you. It's like the old Westinghouse experiment, where um, to to gauge the the effectiveness of employees. They just changed the lighting in the workroom. And whether they dim the lights or brighten the lights, they got different positive uh, change in the workers. Mm -hmm. So I think if you change the environment, uh, maybe you really like getting in that radio car every day in the same sector, in the same part of town. Um, but, you know, there's familiarity breeds contempt. It, it, it uh, tends to make you a little bit more lackadaisical and too comfortable. So. Maybe maybe it would help to get out of that that um, safety bubble and that comfort zone and try something new. Yeah. Another thing that, you know, I, I come back to the, you know, the title of the pillar, you know, officer wellness and safety. Um, you know, one of the things that I think about when I think about wellness is you know, it, cops don't have enough opportunity on the clock, on the job to simply um, do things like work out. You know, a 45-minute workout, get on the treadmill, do whatever. Um, because they're working 10-hour days, they're doing call-to-call-to-call, to call to call, um, you know, they're going to go home, they're going to maybe spend time with their family, going to, you know, eat and sleep, mm -hmm. and it's back on the job. And, you know, it's that's we, that's when we begin to see cops become, you know, like I said, morbidly obese and in danger of heart disease and, and heart attack. And, um, you know, so I think that we need to back, step back and, and evaluate what we've got 
you know, we've got a lot of great cops and who are great wellness and sa- and, uh, and safety, but we can do better in all categories. And, um, you know, I do think, you know, the programs like Below 100, um, reminding yourself of, of all of your training all the time, um, doing when then, thinking in your car, um, and figuring, you know, even as simply as knowing where you are, <laughs> where, you know, if you needed to make a radio call right now where I'm at, um, thinking of those things that help engage you mentally in your in your own wellness and safety and taking responsibility for your own wellness and safety, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I believe that deep down, and maybe not so deep down, but most people who enter law enforcement have a sense of justice. Mm-hmm. And so when they're unfairly treated by the press or by government officials, it really hurts deep down. And it can really affect the overall wellness. Um, and so uh, having bosses that are supportive um, I think right now in Baltimore, um, the prosecutor, um, it was recently upheld that that a lawsuit can go forward in a malicious prosecution of officers. And it should. It should. And I think that that shouldn't happen. And and why is it that that a legal action by the affected officers uh, was needed to say this was wrong? So at, at some form in the conga line of of government somebody needs to step up and be an advocate for law enforcement and say this is this is unfair the officer was within guidelines they're being maliciously prosecuted or they're being unfairly treated i think they're they're both equal in the damage that they can do to an officer's psyche yeah i hope that going forward into 2017 and in years to come um, we see this trend of, you know, all this anti-police rhetoric and sentiment finally come to, if not an end, come to be abated uh, enough that officers begin to remember again that the overwhelming majority of the American public support and honor and respect law enforcement officers and, um, and that going forward, you know, that cops can again have the, the sense of pride and esteem in the job, in what they're doing, in, in, in their you know, chosen career because, uh, you know, it, it really is all part of this big wellness and, and safety uh, spectrum of things. So it's, we have to look at it from physical to psychological, emotional, um, and, and spiritual uh, wellness for all of our officers.